Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. Today, I have got a treat for you. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today, a uh, recurring guest. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And we are thrilled to underwrite this program and bring some amazing guests to you. I have a question for you. How is your YouTube game? Are you using YouTube to help scale your e-commerce business? Hopefully, you're using YouTube both as a remarketing vehicle and also for top of funnel growth. However, if you're like most e-commerce companies, then you're probably not fully leveraging YouTube. So, I have two free resources for you. The first is a two-minute crash course on YouTube ads. I recorded this with the famous Ezra Firestone. So you can check that out by looking at the links in the show notes to this show. You can also Google Smart Marketer and Two Minute Crash Course, and you'll find the resource there. Also, we recorded a 90-minute webinar outlining exactly how we scale with YouTube. We talk about keys to a great YouTube ad. We talk about audience targeting. We talk about bidding, optimization, and much, much more. So I highly, highly recommend you check it out. You can also find that linked here in the show notes. It's also at the bottom of the two-minute crash course page. So check them out and start scaling with YouTube. And now, back to the show. We have a guest back for the third or potentially fourth time. I lose track. Uh, but my business partner, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Chris Brewer. Chris, how's it going today? Fantastic, Brett. Glad to be here. Uh, right across across the wall from you. Yeah, you know, this. I think it's the first time you and I recording a podcast together in our new offices. So we we recently upgraded and our team is growing. We're, we're 25 strong. Now at OMG Commerce, we had to move to bigger digs. We used to be like across the, you know, on opposite ends of our, our office space. And now we're literally right next door to each other. Uh, I'm a little concerned I'm going to be able to hear you through the wall, but I'll hear you there first and then through the recording, which may throw us off. But hey, we're professionals. We're going we're gonna to roll through it and this is going to be good content. So I will try to limit the powerful projection of my voice, which is often talked about on the other side of these walls as our yes. team <laughs> says that no door can halt the projection of my sales voice when I'm on a call. So. Yeah, when, when Brewer is talking to a client or a prospective client, he gets into a mode and he is rolling. And so we, we've asked some of the people that are kind of in the shared workspace, hey, can you hear Chris? And they're like, oh yeah, only every word that he says. <laughs> hey, you can't harness that. You can't, you can't uh, put a lid on that. So uh, what we're going to do today, and I'm really excited about this topic, is we're going to break down holiday shopping so far. So at the time of this recording, we are sitting at December the uh, 12th. 12th. And December 12th, at date of recording. So when this comes out, it's going to be a little bit past this, obviously. But December 12th, so we, we've now you know, got complete data for the Cyber 5. So we want to do a recap of what we saw in the Cyber 5. So we're going to look at some global statistics. So e-commerce as a whole, and, and this includes some of the, the big retailers. And so we're going to look at that. We're talking about our own shopping experience, which I think is kind of interesting, just what we observed as we're out shopping and looking at stuff. And then we're going to share some insights that we observed from managing client campaigns. So, you know, we're, we're managing a lot of Google ads and YouTube and Amazon campaigns, of course, uh, over the Cyber 5 and, and continuing. 
but we want to share some of the interesting things we observed throughout the Cyber Five with our own clients. Uh, while still protecting our clients and not sharing anything confidential, we want to share what we observed. So uh, with that, uh, Chris, let's start by talking about our own shopping behaviors and what's going on. So, so talk to me about what's going on in the Brewer household. How are things different this year from last year and any, any surprises or anything interesting from a, a shopper's perspective? Well, I really hope that you're going to, after my response, turn this around on the Curry household because... Oh, I will. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, because like I'm like boring compared to the shopping shenanigans that are obviously going on with there, your lovely there wife. Activity. There is some activity. The yes, and yes. The, all of the the um, the Santa factor is is no longer relevant. I'll I'll say you know to protect any potential young listeners, I'll just stop it right there. But uh, so it's been interesting. This year, I think there's a lot of purchasing going on with my kids on Amazon. They're asking me for my Amazon login, which is very dangerous. You know, back in the day, sure. you used to just give your kids some cash or maybe a credit card. Now they just ask for your Amazon login, and which is yep. a little scary. Dangerous. dangerous. So... My my son's been purchasing off Amazon. My daughter's been purchasing off Amazon. My daughter's also planning for a bachelorette party in early January and has told me not to look at her orders there. And I made the mistake of seeing some of those orders and I can't get those can't pictures out that. of my... Can't unsee no, that. I don't. I can't unsee that now. <laughs> so I have, actually have a tip that if you've got... If you want to protect your holiday orders... Because if you use the same Amazon account like we do in our household, because, you know, I told my son the other day, I said, look, hook up your bank account, get your own Amazon account. He's like, dad, I don't want to pay for Prime. So that, that's my teenage impersonation yep. that I, yep. every parent understands that, that teenage impersonation. 100%. But yeah, so to put your Amazon account kind of on lockdown to hide those gift purchases, um, you just have to go into your orders on Amazon, then like as soon as you buy it, go into orders, select the item, and then archive the order. That will protect you. If somebody wants to like, you know, back in the day, you would look in the closet, try to peel away the wrapping to see what you were getting. Now the kids just go straight into your Amazon order history and you're done. So. If if you if you didn't like the surprise, I was always one of those kids. Oddly enough, I wanted the surprise to be there. I felt like if I knew ahead of time, it would ruin Christmas morning. But I know I know that, I know we've got a lot of a lot of people that are peakers, you know, listening to the podcast. And maybe yeah, you yeah. I I was I was definitely a, a a peaker. I would do my best, and you know, I, I remember the the careful unwrapping, and then then that rip would happen, and you just knew you were done for. So, yep. uh, but I haven't haven't purchased anything for Jenny yet. Uh -oh. have, I think that's typical guy behavior. I've not made a purchase there yet. There is kind of a closet hoard that we have, and it's it's not packages. It's just the white envelopes and the boxes because everyone's nervous about as gifts are coming in because all my family's coming in this year. So things are arriving from the different shipping trucks. And actually, two days ago, Brett, I had to go in and actually look up an order number 
to actually find a package that wasn't gift related so I could safely open it. And I think the other thing that was interesting about shopping this year, we purchased one of those new 4K TVs. Yep. I, I didn't go, what's the new ones that has like the o, OHD or something like that? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, so remember years ago, HD cost you thousands of dollars. Then last year, 4K TVs cost you thousands of dollars. This year, there's something new that the picture is absolutely amazing. But we bought a 4K and that purchase was kind of interesting because I missed the boat on Cyber Monday. I don't know how many of our listeners may have thought they missed the boat on Cyber Monday, but I thought, you know, there's so many discounts going on. Ah, I'll just wait. And so we ended up looking for this 4K TV and I was looking on Best Buy, I was looking on some different places and the prices just seemed so much higher than Cyber Monday. So I was like really bummed that I'd missed the boat, but I actually went in and did a Google search for best TV prices post Cyber Monday. And there were actually a few articles from review sites on where you could still get good deals. And that's how I ended up getting my Vizio 55 inch from walmart.com. And I did, it was still wasn't good as Cyber Monday, but it was, it was better than Best Buy and some other places. So Thanks. that's pretty much how we've, we've purchased is, is, uh, Amazon. Uh, I, I think, yeah. How, how about you? Yeah. And so it's interesting. We, we actually bought a, a 4k TV recently as well. We actually bought ours on prime day. So we were kind of paying attention, paying attention to prime day, you know, the, the, the brilliant move by back Bezos in July. Amazon team back in July, we bought a new TV in July and I think it probably rivaled the Cyber Monday deals. I haven't paid super close attention because it's bought now. So, so what am I going to do? But we got a great deal. I'm happy with it. No buyer's remorse at all. Uh, in terms of shopping, it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll look at some stats in a minute on how shopping has shifted online. I would say in the Curry household and, and, and like in most households, my wife, Brittany, she, she wants, she loves to Christmas shop. And two, I'm not a gift buying type of guy. I like to give people gifts, but I, I don't think about it. I don't, I'm not a shopper or none of that. So Brittany's in charge of all the gift buying, except for I buy gifts for her. Uh, but most of our shopping has been online. I'm guessing 80, 90%. I mean, we have every day, it seems like we have the FedEx and or UPS driver dropping off packages at our home. Uh, what is interesting, so, so we're an Alexa device family. We've got an Alexa in, in essentially every room because uh, we use it as an intercom as well. And we have multiple levels and, and we have, I know a lot of listeners know we have eight kids. So another reason for all, all the gifts. Um, so we use Alexa as uh, an intercom as well. Um, but one thing that's interesting, um, it, for those that have an Alexa device, you probably noticed this, whenever a, a, a shipment is delivered, so whenever you get a, a package delivered from Amazon, you'll get a notification, a little notification ring will light up on your, on your Echo. And right now, if you say, hey, uh, Alexa, what, what is my notification? She'll say, hey, I, to avoid spoiling any holiday secrets, Package was delivered, but I will not reveal the contents. I'll start revealing contents again after the first of the year. Well, that's cool. pretty cool, Brent. Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, uh, I have noticed, uh, I have ordered a few things recently using our Alexa device, which is super convenient and fun, but you have to give this password. And I've been like in the middle of the order and I've given the password and a kid has walked in and they're like, aha, I heard your password. And I'm like, no. Uh, <laughs> one of those things again where you never know what those kids are going to order. Um, but for us, shopping has been 
almost exclusively online. We've shopped a lot on Amazon as well, as, as I think most people are, except we are shopping at some of the OMG clients as well, shopping with them direct, trying to do that as much as possible. So I actually have a, I, have a, I actually went a one step further than that this year, Brett. What's that? I, I am so confident. Well, I, I guess I, now I can't say anything. I actually have someone, I'm not going to say whether they're a customer or not. Let's just put it that way. But uh, I, I have to move my mic here. But I did just buy this cool gift from the Wendell August Forge company. And what, what uh, I'll it? just you reveal the contents or. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I'll just do a little unboxing here. Yeah, I was unboxing. setting my mic. Hey, another plug box. for watching the YouTube video of this podcast. So if you're listening just to the audio, which is. Yeah. Fun, yeah. Uh, check so, out so, the YouTube video because you're going to get to see the unboxing. Check out this. Oh, an ornament. Yeah, and it, it's like a 90-year-old company. These are handcrafted. So I got... See, my wife won't ever see this, So, but I'm, I'm giving this to to my wife. So these are the these three different cool Wait handcrafted minute, ornaments. Are you telling me that Jenny doesn't consume this podcast? No, no, I'm not hurt. a chance. I'm hurt. Uh, chance. My wife doesn't either. She avoids like the plague, so it's all good. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. She hears enough from me already. Yep. And then uh, I'll show you the the last one if I can dig it out here. And then you can you can get these inscribed too. Nice. So these are very cool. Yeah, with so the that Brewer was, family uh, crest, maybe the Brewer family crest on a, on a Christmas ornament. That'd be maybe, fun. Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah, we do try to support folks that we're either talking to, let's say it that way, or or working with. Absolutely. And I think. People will shop that way as well. I mean, it, even, you know, I've got some friends that have online businesses that are local. And, you know, we've got some e-commerce folks that are local here. Askinosi Chocolate is a really popular yep. national chocolate brand and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think... And, and customization, I think, is important as well. And, and the options now to customize gifts online... Yep. Is and not is much customization is available on Amazon. So if you want something custom, you're usually going to be ordering directly from the merchant. So correct. Uh, good. Let's let's dive into some numbers. So let's talk. Let's talk global numbers first. Like understanding the holiday shopping season and, and specifically the Cyber Five. So Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday. Uh, Brewer, you had an interesting statistic on the uh, percentage of people planning uh, to spend a lot of money on online for the holiday shopping season. Can you rattle off that stat? That's an interesting one. Yeah. So 60% of consumers said that they plan to spend more than half of their holiday shopping online. I saw that in uh, internet uh, retailer and, and more, more than 80% plan to spend at least a quarter of their holiday spend online. So those numbers just continue, continue to go up. Continue to grow, and it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, some some after holiday surveys and whatnot. Again, that that's what people planned to do, but once the deals come in, once you start shopping online, I know for us, you know, the convenience factor even outweighs a lot of the deals uh, for the most part. So, I I would guess eighty percent of our holiday shopping in the Curry household has been online, which which is interesting. So let's dive in. Um, I want a lot of the, the statistics we'll be looking at right now come from Adobe Analytics and Adobe Analytics. Uh, they have like 80% of the top uh, 500 retailers, the top 100 retailers, I believe it is, 
uh, are using Adobe Analytics. And some of the big players use Google Analytics and other platforms as well, but, but Adobe Analytics is there. And so Adobe Analytics captures all this data from top retailers. They aggregate it and then, and then they report on it. And so they don't give away any individual merchants' numbers, but they talk about e-commerce as a whole. So as a little backdrop, e-commerce right now growing at about 15% per year or thereabouts, depending on, on where you look. So Comscore, census data, things like that. About 15% per year e-commerce is growing. Uh, now, if we look at the Cyber 5, the Cyber 5 was actually up 23% from last year. So outpacing the normal growth by a lot. Um, so total spend this year for the Cyber 5, $24.2 billion spent online during the Cyber 5. So that either means um, we're going to continue to grow at a rapid pace for the holiday shopping season, or it could mean that because the deals were good, because people were interested, because more people are shopping online uh, that during the Cyber 5, that the Cyber 5 just captured more share even than usual uh, this year. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if that type of growth percentage continues for the rest of the holiday season or if that uh, begins to taper off a little bit, that growth percentage. Um, now, one thing that was also interesting is that 10 billion of that, so almost half, like 40 some percent, um, was on a mobile device. So 10 billion of that was spent on a mobile device. That's up 44% from last year. So doubling the the growth rate and um, and 77% of that was from a, a mobile device rather than a, than a tablet. Uh, so so anything interesting there from your perspective, Brewer? Uh, one, we'd be curious to, to know, do you shop with your mobile device? And and why do you think, you know, mobile is, is growing at such a, a, a faster pace than, than just e-commerce in general? Yeah, I mean, I got my mobile device right here. And, and you know, it's, you know, the apps that you can use now that save your credit card information on them, it just makes it so much easier. I mean, Amazon is, I think, was probably one of the leaders with those and being able to just order very easily. And clearly the leader, but yes. Yeah. yeah and, and, and also to like Alexa, I don't know if you use your, your Echo device to, to make reorders. I, I've just played with it to, to see if that would work. But I do think that as you know different payment structures apple pay amazon you know different uh, sorry apple pay samsung pay all the different options to be able to pay on your mobile phone i know i'm i'm not an iphone user but you talk about how easy it is with your apple device to make purchases online um, but i know for me i actually probably do a lot more purchasing on my mobile device than desktop with the exception that ornament that I mentioned, that was definitely a desktop purchase because uh, I think the customization aspect there it yeah. wasn't possible or at least wasn't that easy on mobile device. Totally makes sense. I think if something is a, a really big purchase, long purchase cycle, you're probably going to see still more purchases on a desktop. If it's something that requires customization, you're still going to see something uh, more purchased on desktop. If it's a, a, an elaborate checkout process, which you should always avoid, but if it is, then that's going to be more on, on desktop. But you know, th there's been this trend and a lot of people still shop this way where they'll research on a mobile device, right? Cause you've, we've always got our mobile device with us, but then our plan all along was to buy on mo on desktop. So we're researching on mobile, buying on desktop. 
that does seem to be flipping for exactly the reason you mentioned, or that's, that's a large part of it anyway, the mobile wallet is easier. So now checking out with Apple Pay or Mobile Pay or MasterPass or whatever, that's easier than ever before. You know, a lot of our clients are on Shopify. So now, you know, Shopify has dynamic checkout where um, Shopify knows what types of payment the merchant accepts. And then they can tell by the browser and the device that uh, a user, a shopper uh, is on. And then they put, hey, like right below the checkout button, they'll put pay now with Apple Pay or pay now with PayPal or pay now with Amazon, whatever. Um, and that makes the shop out, shopping checkout process so much easier. So now I, I've purchased from a couple of our clients who are on Shopify where, where literally the checkout is like it is on Amazon where it's that one-click checkout. So that's making a huge difference. Um, so, you know, there used to be kind of the, and still is a mobile gap where you look at, you know, conversion rates in e-commerce are one to 3%, but on a mobile device, they can be as, as little as a third of that. So say your desktop conversion rate is 3%, your mobile conversion rate may be at 1%. That gap is closing. People are more comfortable. It's easier to buy on mobile than ever before. I, I reorder a lot on mobile or I reorder through our Alexa device, um, I still probably purchase more on a desktop just because I'm so much faster there. Um, but, but yeah, it's interesting how mobile is growing and just continues to underscore the importance of fast mobile experience, pictures that display well on mobile, big, easy to, to, to see and easy to click buttons, long scrolling pages, all, all kinds of things that we've talked about on another podcast, but mobile, super, super important. Um, I think it'd be worthwhile. Oh, and, and um, Cyber Monday was the biggest day. So the biggest day of the five was Cyber Monday. Uh, uh, bigger by, by a margin than, than all the other days, which was kind of interesting. Uh, and then looking at the, the, the primary drivers of sales. So what traffic sources led to online sales? Now, I didn't see it again. This is all from Adobe Analytics. I didn't see what attribution model they're using, which, which not to get too nerdy, although I bet most people on the podcast know what that means. They've got to be using last click attribution, meaning, you know, if, if I, as a shopper, visit the site three times from three different channels, so maybe the first is organic search and next is email, and then the third is direct, meaning I just key in the address, the web address, and then I buy, probably all the credit's going to that last click source. Don't know for sure, but that, that's, that's my guess on how this research was compiled. Uh, direct was the biggest source. So people just keying in a uh, retailer's URL, buying that way. Number two was email. Email uh, was 26% of total purchases for the Cyber 5, and that's up 2% year over year. Uh, paid search, that's our wheelhouse. Google uh, and OMG Commerce were Google Ads agency. Paid search was 22%. That was up 6% year over year. And then this is really interesting because, and what we'll do in a minute is talk about our clients and how they kind of differ from some of the, the norms. But uh, the, the way this article was framed is that social continues to have minimal impact. 1.3% of, of total sales uh, were funneled through social, which also kind of leads me to believe it's probably last click attribution because a lot of times social mm -hmm. yep. isn't the very last click before purchase. So that was, that was interesting uh, as well. So yeah, because... I mean, we don't, we don't run Facebook ads, but we have a lot of clients that spend, you know, $100,000 a month, uh, $50,000 a month, quite a, quite a bit, big spends on, yeah. 
on Facebook or more. Yeah, I have lots more. But what we see there is they are clicking through on Facebook, then they're going into a Google organic search or a branded search or a product search, and then they're purchasing. So I, I definitely think social ads is, is still playing a, a huge role. It has to be. Yep. Yep. It is. It's influencing thing and influencing things for sure. Social is going to continue to grow. But I think what it underscores is likely the big guys, the big players, they don't understand social yet. They're not doing well at social yet. It's kind of the, 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 difference between going to a marketing event like TNC, Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is an event we love and then I get to speak at a lot. A lot of people there are, are, are mid-sized merchants, you know, a couple million a year to 50, 60 million a year, something like that. A lot of the, a lot of the retailers that these numbers are being pulled from are, you know, billion dollar a year companies. I think the big guys are just slow on social. They're not, they don't, they don't understand it. They don't get it. They're relying on, on kind of the tried and true uh, methodology for the most part. So uh, our clientele is primarily in that two to twenty million dollar per year sales range. Uh, we do have some that are pushing sixty five million uh, plus a year in annual revenue. But just to give you an idea that that's the size of client we typically work with. So now we're going to share some observations on what we see with our clients. So what, what was unique? What was maybe different with our client data than what we saw with the national data? And so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, one of the surprises for me was that, you know, even though we, we're, we're just managing online stuff, right? Just Google ads and YouTube and Amazon. Um, and, and most of our clients are, do not have a physical store. We have, a, we have a handful of clients that have brick and mortar stores too. But Black Friday, Black Friday was by a long shot the biggest day for our clients. So in fact, some of our, our bigger you know, retailers that were doing, you know, a million plus over that weekend. Um, Black Friday was like two to three X what Cyber Monday was, which is really interesting. Now I've got a couple of theories there. Do you have any, any, any theories or speculation there, Brewer, on why with some of our clients, Black Friday was bigger than Cyber Monday? Uh, and if you don't, because we didn't we, we talk about this part ahead of time, but any, any thoughts on, on that? Well, I, I know, especially this year, we were very diligent and proactively reaching out ahead of time uh, to talk about promotions, plan for promotions. And, and it even surprises me in Q4 sometimes how, how hard people are to, to reach and, and sometimes get that information, which is critical information to get. And I think that's good advice for anyone listening to the podcast. If you're working in-house team or, or an agency, when it gets Q4, we know things get crazy. But don't miss, don't miss these big dates on your promotions and planning and preparing for those. But I guess part of my thinking on that would just be because of how we are proactive in getting those out and preparing for those. That that I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but that that's one of my thoughts. Certainly helps. I, I think um, you know everybody's everybody's thinking about holiday sales, and of course, no one forgets about Black Friday, but those that plan ahead do better for sure. I, I think that a lot of it has to do with the deals that were offered. So, you know, for our clients, smaller sample set than Adobe Analytics for sure, and, and much smaller gross merchandise value, but the deals were stronger Black Friday. So our clients were really loading up and doing some amazing deals on Black Friday. 
And they started promoting that really heavily. A lot of our clients started promoting it early. And, and that was another trend. Actually, I saw that nationally as well. So uh, right now we're redoing our kitchen, which is, is fun for the most part, but we're buying new appliances and things like that. So we started shopping uh, end of October for appliances and stuff at Lowe's. And our Lowe's guy was like, hey, Black Friday starts November 1st. So if you can wait a little bit, wait till November 1st, that's when Black Friday starts. I think that's a trend we're going to continue to see is that people are just going to say, hey, Black Friday starts now, November 1st. Uh, we saw a lot of our clients starting their sales on Wednesday. So, hey, you're going to shop this weekend, but actually our biggest deals are right now, Wednesday. Kind of extending that, you know, because used to it was the deals were all Friday and, uh, and man, I've always avoided Black Friday shopping. I don't know about you, Brewer, but like going out on, on Black Friday, I avoid it. Uh, but I, I heard football, couch, and leftover turkey. Yeah, that's buddy, me. that's the ticket right there. Football and hanging out at home. But I know some people they love the thrill of the hunt, and so they're you know they were up late. You know, some people like to shop as soon as stores open on on Thanksgiving night, which now it's much earlier than before or whatever. So they enjoy that. But over the years, things are just getting are getting earlier and earlier and earlier. And so that's another trend I think we'll see is that some Black Friday deals will start as early as November second. You'll see a lot of online retailers start promoting that that Tuesday or Wednesday leading up to Black Friday. And so that's something I think we'll, we'll see. Uh, what is interesting, and not a surprise, if, if you haven't been through a lot of cycles with Cyber Monday and stuff, there's definitely a lull leading up to the Cyber Five. So if you're not doing anything early, then that oftentimes that Monday, that Tuesday, slow sales days because people know... Hey, if I wait a couple more days, it's going to be Black Friday. It's going to be you know the Cyber Five deals, so uh, I'm just going to wait and hold off the purchase. So there's that definitely that lull ahead of time. Um, what we noticed is that there's also a pretty sharp lull right after Cyber Monday. So again, we're looking at a smaller sample size, but for clients that had a huge push during the Cyber Five. They had, a, they had a sharp decline thereafter. Um, still going to be, you know, uh, up over the norm for the rest of the holiday shopping season, but but a big decline from Black well, Friday. And a lot of those, I mean, they're hammering email lists too. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I think what you often do, and, and this this is why it's going to be interesting to see what the how those percentages, those growth percentages hold up. So it's 23% growth for the Cyber 5. What does the rest of the holiday season look like? Because... If there were really great deals over the Cyber Five, then you probably just pulling those purchases forward, not getting you know additional purchases that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, um, so that is interesting. Another thing we noticed with our clients, and this kind of goes against those big the numbers from the big big players, is that social was a big investment. Chris, you mentioned it. We don't really help clients with Facebook. We do a little consulting. We help a couple clients stuff like that. So we, we understand Facebook, but that's not part of our agency really. Um, but, but our clients are spending a lot of money on social. So often, you know, $100,000 a day over the Cyber 5 was being spent on social. And, and what's interesting is that what I heard across the board, maybe except for a couple of cases, is that results, results were a little bit tougher this year, a little bit harder to get the same results as last year on Facebook, largely because of the same issues that we've talked about before with, with costs going up, CPCs going up, things like that. Um, did, did you kind of hear the same thing from clients too about, about how social performed over the weekend? I, 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 
I didn't get a lot from social of how it performed then, but it's not surprising to me at all because a good amount of the lead uh, inquiries that we received prior to Q4 and even in the thick of, of Q4 were folks that were very concerned about how their CPAs have increased on Facebook. Uh, some have told me their CPAs have doubled this year. So um, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, that and I want to emphasize this too, like we, we are bullish on, on social, Instagram, especially Facebook as well, going to be huge for the foreseeable future, although the foreseeable future does change pretty rapidly online. But those are still amazing channels and they will be. However, you got to be good. And I think, I think what these, what this feedback is sharing with us is like the heyday is over, right? The, the easy windfall profits by throwing up ads on Facebook, those days are done. Like you got to be on, on top of your game. You really got to be good at what you do or you're not going to see the results. Uh, one thing that was interesting for us and, and I spent a ton of time, like my, my Black Friday, there've been a few Black Fridays where I've been able to kind of chill or hang out with the family. Not this Black Friday. I was glued to my computer pretty much all day, uh, but it was a ton of fun uh, looking a lot at YouTube campaigns. But we had some of our bigger clients spend a pretty large percentage of their budget on YouTube. So we had, we had some clients in the twenty to $30,000 in spend per day on YouTube over the, the Cyber 5 with good results. And so that's kind of a new trend where a year ago, none of our clients were spending that kind of money on YouTube like they, like they were on, on Facebook. So YouTube becoming a larger percentage of budget and, and capturing more of even that promotional spend was very interesting. And I think that trend will continue. I think as we look at the rest of the holiday season and even into 2019, is that companies will be allocating you know 10 to 15% of their overall online budget to YouTube. And, and so then depending on kind of how you create your buckets, top of funnel, mid funnel, bottom of funnel, it's going to take up a, a pretty nice percentage in there. So seeing the YouTube growth was, was super fun. So any, anything else interesting, Chris, that you observed either from client feedback or feedback from our team or just stuff you observed as a consumer? No, I, I mean, you weren't the only one on Black Friday glued to your computer. I, I think, you know, that's the reality of, you know, I, it's kind of like back when I was in the golf business, you kind of knew that uh, Christmas Day, the golf course does not close. And... Uh, Thanksgiving Day, you know, you're going to be working at the golf course, making sure people uh, have fun, have a good time. And that's where on our side, um, Black Friday, you know, make sure everybody's taking their, you know, their leftover nap or, or whatever. And then you got to get in and, and make sure those campaigns are where they need to be on the most crucial days of the year for for our customers. And, and I think whether you're working with an agency or not, if, if you're not paying attention during those times. I mean, it's definitely not a set it and forget it time. So that, that was really my only observation as I was, you know, I was you know, personally proud of our team for being available during that time. And, and we had clients reaching out to us even last minute with creative and things like that to, to roll out there during those times. Yep. Yep. It's one of those things where even when you plan ahead for 
those those huge shopping days, you're making some, you're calling some audibles at the line, and you're making some adjustments, and you're shifting things around, and you're communicating. It's just a ton of fun, high energy uh, day for sure. So let's talk about some some winning formulas. Let's talk about those that we observed, uh, retailers that we observed that that crushed it during the Cyber Five, also called the Turkey Five, by the way, uh, kind of a newer name. But what 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 did the winning companies do? Those that really crushed it. What were they doing this year? And so the first thing, and you mentioned this, Brewer, a little bit ago, is, is email. So the, our clients, we don't do email marketing either, but our clients that did really, really well, they had a special emphasis on email. And so not just that they sent emails, right? Everybody sent an email for the uh, Cyber 5, but they are the best performers. They were building and cultivating and priming their email list prior to the shopping weekend. So building it. They were actively going out and running Facebook ads, you know, tweaking their pop-ups so that they could capture more people, whether they came from Google ads or organic or wherever to capture more people and get more signups. Um, cultivating that by, by emailing maybe a day ahead of time and just saying, hey, get ready. You know, we are, our best deals are going to be limited to these hours. So get ready, you know, be watching for the next email because as soon as it lands, that's when you'll be able to go on and shop and you'll be the first one to save. It's kind of like, you know, when people promote, you know, this was one of the first years in a while, I think that um, I picked up a printed newspaper. I guess I've done that at other Black Fridays, but uh, I haven't looked at a newspaper in a long time, probably not since last year, but I picked up the circular. I was looking at the Best Buy circular and some other things. And, uh, you know, they're all talking about, hey, this, these are when the doors open and these, these deals are only available for this amount of time. And so they're priming and getting people ready to, to beat down the doors and come in and buy. Do the same thing with your email list. So say, hey, we are just, just for you, VIPs only. We're starting the sale early. You'll be notified by email. It'll be the best deals of the year. So prime yeah, think, your email list. Yeah, that, that's, I want to extend on that just a little bit because I don't know about you, Brett, but I was, I was really surprised how many like email lists that I was still on that I had completely forgotten I was on. And then they're just sending me a deals email during that week and I unsubscribe to probably 90% of those. Yes, yes. I do the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'd be, if, even if you only are emailing out, I would say like for e-commerce, you know, your bare minimum, and it depends on your purchase cycle, your product, all of that depends. But like once a month is minimum, is like bare for sure. minimum. For sure. And so if you're heading up to Black Friday and you're like, oh, you know what? let's put some promos together and maybe you haven't emailed out since July around prime day or something. Yep. You're, you're going to really get a ton of unsubscribes and, and not get great performance. I would suspect. I, I 100% agree. I had so many kind of WTH moments where I was like, wait, wait a minute. Am I subscribed to this list? I don't remember subscribing to that list. Oh, that was a long time ago. Well, unsubscribe. And yeah, there was no relationship there. I was not interested in those emails. So I unsubscribed did the same thing that you did. Um, so yeah, this, this cultivating can't just be a couple days before, right? If you never email your list, that, that list is going cold, man, and it's not going to perform well. So email regularly, provide value, you know, do this the right way. And, and, and the companies that did had huge email performance during the Cyber Five. Um, the other thing that I noticed is just watching campaigns. And then I'm usually on the email list for most of our clients is that the the good ones, the ones that really maximize performance on 
uh, Cyber Friday or Cyber Friday, new day. Uh, I guess it was like Cyber Friday for a lot of our clients, but they emailed at least three times per day or at least three to four times for a sale. So like, let's say there's a Black Friday event. Maybe they, they ran Black Friday for all of Black Friday then they extended it into Saturday at least three or four emails. So the first one's like, hey, the sale is live now. Check it out. It's going to be super awesome. And here's what you can expect. And here's why we're fun. And here's why we love you. And like a little bit of personality, you know, and go by. Um, and then there was a, hey, you know, this is in full swing. And whoa, things are selling faster than we ever could have imagined. And, and so get it here. You only got a day left or whatever. And then, and then kind of as a final warning, say, hey, you've got two hours left or five hours left before this deal ends. So go, go take advantage of it. And so those that really did well with email, that's, that's what they were doing. Now, I also noticed we have some clients that are very creative with their emails. So the subject lines are fun and they grab you and they make you think, ooh, this is a real, this is a real deal and it's about to end. And then we had some clients that sent kind of the same subject line every time and kind of the same offer every time. That gets stale. And, and, and in similar fashion to what you shared a minute ago, Brewer, where you haven't heard from somebody in ages and they email you and then you unsubscribe. If you're just sending the same email again and again and again, people are going to unsubscribe that way too. So cultivate that list, prime that list, build that list. Um, so uh, one, one of the other things that I, I think is a winning formula that you should consider, and we, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, earlier is that start early. Launch something on Wednesday. Launch something on Thanksgiving. But you know, people only have finite dollars. So if you can uh, capture some of those, some of that wallet early, gives you a better chance. If you can get the sale before someone runs out of money for their holiday shopping, that is obviously better for you. So start early. Consider Wednesday. Consider starting you know Cyber uh, Cyber Monday, Black Friday at the beginning of November. Consider that uh, as well. Now. Kind of related to the email list and building a list, what we noticed, and and Ezra Firestone did some amazing things here. Our clients that got the best results were also proactive here, but that's building your audiences early. So build your remarketing audiences aggressively leading up to the holiday shopping season. So one brilliant thing that Ezra Firestone did, and he, he's got a course on this, he talked about this some, but he ran Facebook ads telling people, hey, be the first to be notified of our Black Friday deals. Enter your name and email here. So the whole email or the whole the whole ad on Facebook was just to capture name and email, so someone could be the first to know about Black Friday deals. So they ran that. Those ads were were they performed well, low cost, built the email list, and then email converted. It was brilliant. One of the things we noticed. So I talked about clients that spent a lot on YouTube this year. Those that did spend a lot on YouTube, they were the ones that had remarketing audiences in the two to three million plus range. So these were companies that have been investing in YouTube. They now had lists of people that had engaged and watched videos. They were in the two to three million plus range. And so then we could hit that list hard. And so we could, you know, when you got two or three million people that have been exposed to your brand but have not purchased, you can hit that list hard and get them to buy during the big holiday yeah. push. So. And I think one other, one other thing on that that I think about, and, and I've, I can't tell you how many people I talked about this, and, and really it was in many respects too, too late for them. I know we, we had one that we referred and he managed to get his content together, but build your content early. And, and as you've heard a lot of content from Brett on YouTube, that YouTube content is so key 
and having the the different kinds of content, content that's going to be available. So if you're planning that out early, having that variety of of tools at your disposal, um, that can be so so powerful. And you know, Brett and I, you you and I've talked more about how we can help clients more with their video content, their video strategy. And just making sure that somebody's not just pulling a video that converted on Facebook or pulling a video that that maybe they spent several thousand dollars on, but we know it's not going to convert. So having those conversations with your team or with your agency uh, creatively and preparing for that early is going to allow you to grow your audiences and allow you to, to get those wins. Because I think you'd agree, Brett, the people that won with... YouTube over the Cyber Five, they weren't winning with poor content. Oh, absolutely not. And they, they had good content. They worked to build an audience of people that have that have viewed campaigns and, and engaged with content. And so, yeah, to your point, you know, people that that have unboxing videos and review videos and demo videos and things like that. Because that's also something someone might be doing is, hey, they see a holiday promotion from your company. Now I'm going to go on YouTube and see reviews and see unboxing and things like that. Just check it out. Make sure that I like it before I make a purchase. So yeah, being strategic with your content, that starts really now for next year. Um, it doesn't start you know, in October um, leading up to the, the Cyber 5. You really got to plan ahead. So... Uh, build those remarketing audiences, build up lists of people that are engaged because that is going to be your go-to. And, and the, another thing to think about is, you know, costs go up as more people bid and more people try to advertise over the holiday shopping season. So your cheapest audience, and this, this applies to Google ads, to YouTube, to Facebook, your cheapest audience to reach is a remarketing audience or an audience that has already engaged with you in some capacity. So another reason to invest and take Take you know the beginning half of the year, take it, especially the months leading up to the Cyber Five, and work on building your audiences, and and so that way you've got a lot of people you really capitalize on once the Cyber Five hits. So start early on that, and then the the other thing that we'd share, and, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit ago, Brewers. You know, this is not a set it and forget it. That's pretty obvious, but max out your top campaigns. You got to watch campaigns on on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, sometimes even in between you got to be watching it hourly or more. Max out your top campaigns on an hourly basis. Make sure nothing's being limited, nothing's being held back. Make sure you're bidding up, raising the budgets, all those things. you got to watch your top campaigns like a hawk. And so with that, hopefully this information was was useful. Uh, to me, it's just interesting and we're all in this industry, so it should be interesting to you as well to know what's going on. But also use this information because the trends are going to, a lot of these trends are going to continue. And I want each of you to be able to maximize and optimize holiday 2019. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be maybe potentially a couple of days left in holiday shopping this year by the time you listen to it. Maybe not, maybe, maybe after. Um, but maximize whatever is left as well. So with that, any, any closing words of wisdom, Senior Brewer? No, but I did just get a text, Brett, from uh, uh, Trish in finance that your distribution check for your eight uh, children uh, gifting operation is, is ready for you. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was also happy to see that the, um, the, the tax credit for kids came back in full force. That is my primary tax strategy. Uh, with eight kids, you, you need that. You need those those tax breaks. So that's good to know. 
fantastic. Well, Brewer, thanks for being on here. Thanks for sharing your insights, your personal shopping habits. Always interesting to see what's going on with uh, Master Brewer and and uh, your whole crew as well. So appreciate it. Sounds good, Brett. Thanks. Yep, absolutely. So as always, we'd love to hear more from you. So what would you like us to dive into? What other topics, what other ideas do you have for us on the show? If you're getting value from the show, we'd love to get that review on iTunes. So that five-star review on iTunes or whatever review you feel like uh, is appropriate for the show, that helps other people discover this show. And so leave a review if you would. Also share this if this podcast is useful. Share with somebody. Um, you know, we don't get paid directly for this, this podcast, uh, but we enjoy doing it. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.